Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your WrestleMania backlash recap. Um, there were zombies. Uh, Will Ospreay has to vacate the New Japan heavyweight title. That's a big deal. AEW is adding another Friday night show, which I am excited about. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. I almost said something about LeBron just to fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it ain't making me mad, it's making you mad. <laughs> Ditch that 9 Not to 5, it. it's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band for Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Legado del... Fan- Legado del the Phantasma Homo Sapien. And out there in Edwardsville, Illinois. Wordy as fuck. <laughs> Bo didn't think I was going to be able to get that one off. Uh, out there in Edwardsville, Illinois, we have two beers. Zach Poland, what's going on, two beer? I'm getting to be Dell the drunky homo sapien over here because uh, nice. I got a six-shot tequila margarita that I'm sipping on. So. Mm, a six-shot? Damn. Yeah. You want to give a shout-out to, to the tequila while you're doing this? Uh, it is 100% agave tequila, but it's uh, it's Exotico. It's a St. Louis company, Luxco. Uh, Could be like Bellows. Really, they make good... Uh, for the price. No, that's good, man. Keeping it local. That's what's up. What's the brand? It's a uh, Schnooks. And sitting right across from me in South City, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on? <laughs> oh, wow. It's the power since I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 206, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Big week of wrestling in and out of the ring. Uh, plenty to talk about. I'm ready to get this shit going because I'm not even worried about the zombies. All bullshit aside, just to kind of start it off a little bit, I don't think the zombies really took away from the the card itself. I just think it was kind of like a bait and switch scenario where you, we expected one thing and we got something entirely different. But we'll talk about that. We're coming at you from steamy. I don't know if it's steamy. It feels steamy. It's fucking hot as fuck, man. My it house was sucks, hot as man. fuck today, man. It's so fucking muggy. All day. I fucking hate it. I had fans on. I have an attic fan in my new house, which fucking kind of works by. I had another fan on me, man. I was sweating. I was working without my shirt on. I was in a Zoom meeting. Then I realized I didn't have my shirt on. But then, <laughs> thankfully, I didn't know how to turn my camera on because I'm a fucking idiot. So nobody saw me without my shirt on. That's God damn, amazing. it's just been a hell of a day. <laughs> I'll be just sitting here getting high watching wrestling. Kurt Stallion's handprint still on my chest. I got it tattooed on there. Uh, Kurt Hawkins. Oh, God, I'm already, I'm already getting banged up. Well, you're probably two and a half shots into that six-shot margarita. <laughs> no doubt, dog. Jesus. Let's just get right into it. Fuck it. Here's the three count. One, two, three. JCB, kick us off. Let's jump back to Sunday night. WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, for me... The biggest takeaway from uh, WrestleMania Backlash was the main event with one Roman Reigns and one Cesaro. Um, Jimmy Uso coming back was something that I had talked about plenty of times and was anticipating that uh, return, and I just thought that 
he would just fall in line and things would just run with the bloodline as this heel faction. The fact that he hasn't fallen in line gives an extra wrinkle to what is going to be a long Roman Reigns title reign. So we got to keep things fresh. The fact that you now have Jimmy coming back now basically saying, you know, fuck a Roman Reigns, you know, Jay, you need to stop, you know, helping Roman Reigns out and, and start, you know, working with me. Let's get the tag team titles back. I think that's a, a really good wrinkle to go into this Roman Reigns match. Obviously, like we talked about last week, we all picked Roman Reigns and he did go over. The match itself, I thought was really, really good. It just it shows to me once again, it reinforces the fact, at least for me, that Cesaro can be a top bill guy. Yeah, he can win the U.S. title. Yeah, he can win the Intercontinental Championship. Been there, done that. I think this kind of puts it to where now he can be on that echelon of the Daniel Bryans in the world when you think about WWE's technical wrestlers currently that you have right now. Cesaro is one of those guys. And he and Roman Reigns had a really good match basically back and forth. The injury finally came into play where the Roman did take it over and finally won and won it clean, which I thought is another big point of that match. Him winning Queen kind of takes away from, oh, Roman Reigns needs Jay a little bit, but then obviously after the fact, Jay Uso wanted to go ahead and get a little piece of Cesaro, neither here nor there. To me, like I said, that was the biggest takeaway from W uh, WrestleMania Backlash is that Roman Reigns once again reigns supreme, for lack of a better word, without help. And now you have Hell in a Cell kind of creeping around the corner. What's next for Roman? It might be J Jimmy Uso. Why are you bullshitting? I think it's Jimmy Uso. Uh, Zach, what did you think about the pay-per-view, and what did you think about that main event? You are going to be surprised. I loved it. Um, well, uh, wait, wait, wait. Match. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You Stop. loved what? Yeah, be the specific. Aside from one match, but... The uh, zombies? I can talk about... Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. right. We'll get to the I zombies in a minute. I'm up on it. Uh, but uh, as far as the main event goes... I am. I mean, it is totally not what I expected. Um, did not expect a clean technical wrestling match, especially one that lasted almost a half an hour. Uh, I thought this match ruled. Um, I love the story of it. I kind of imagine, like, the way that they worked the story of it was, like, Roman going up to Cesaro and being like, hey, man... You ain't swinging me, dog. And Cesaro's <laughs> like, all right, then we work the arm. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't really expect uh, Cesaro to swing Roman. It just, yeah, I, I would have been surprised. If, yeah. if it uh, happened, I wouldn't I, have been mad. It didn't happen. I mean, that's, to me, a really small, you know, ask for what was a really good fucking main event. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, yeah. And the uh, the fact that uh, you know there was no interference, I loved, and uh, I thought uh, Cesaro looked really good. Proves that Roman Reigns is a good wrestler. Also, like a lot of people shit on Roman Reigns, he's a great wrestler, and uh, one of you know he's the top guy. And um, the kind of Jimmy Uso storyline, I think the success of the Jay Uso storyline means that we're going to kind of repeat it with Jimmy just because, like, it works so well. Um, I just see them going back and let's say and run it back because that's what wrestling is. You find something that works and you do it again uh, until it doesn't work anymore uh, yeah. and it gets tired. Yeah, what the, the phrase that kept going through my head as I was thinking about the podcast today was like, and I went back and rewatched 
the only match that I watched the other night was the main event. And then I went back and rewatched the whole thing today. There were a couple matches that I liked a lot. I liked Dirty Dogs versus the Mysterios. I thought Surprisingly that was, I, good, yeah. I, I thought that was really good. You know, it it makes sense, though, when you think about the, the players in that match because those are those are some pro wrestlers that can tell a story. The phrase that kept going through my head was, man, that Cesaro Reigns match was borderline great. And now I'm thinking about, like, no, that was actually great. Like, you go into – it's the same thing with Daniel Bryan. Like, if you go into this match and you know that Roman Reigns is going to go over, which we all did, we all picked Roman Reigns, and then, like, there there was a little little tickle in the back of my brain. <laughs> is this that, getting ready to happen? I was like, ah, oh, man, I, I'm a sucker for a good injury story in a in a match and Cesaro was clearly favoring that shoulder and he was throwing those punches and every time he threw it it fucking hurt him I loved this match Cesaro uh came to play and you know I have been I'm one of those guys that Zach talks about that Zach referred to that shits on Roman Reigns as a wrestler but (laughs) the more I think about it because that WrestleMania 31 match with him and Lesnar is one of my favorite WrestleMania matches of all time. And I think that Reigns really shines in these kind of slow, methodical matches where the story just, where the crank just keeps getting twisted and turned and turned and turned. And those are the matches where he shined. He has had some great matches in the last six months. And I don't think that that's um, necessarily separate from him finding a character that he can really dig his teeth in that you can tell he feels comfortable doing. And, man, that match Sunday night was no different. That was a fucking great match. I agree. I loved it. Uh, Just real quick, I said Jimmy Uso. I meant to say Seth Rollins jumped uh, Cesaro after the fact, so that would set up uh, a possible Hell in a Cell match there. Oh, you can't tell him apart? No, I really can't. I was about to say, you got me for one of the first times Jesus. ever. I can't tell the white and black Jimmy, guys apart. Jimmy's the one with the mutton chops. <laughs> <laughs> married to Naomi. Yeah, right. No, I agree with everything you guys have said. Um, just kind of looking forward. You do have Hell in a Cell coming up. And I would, honestly, I was thinking about it because everybody's like, okay, so what's next for Roman? What's next for Roman? Because obviously with Seth Rollins coming out and jumping Cesaro, that effectively takes Cesaro out of that. And you, I would assume, at least for Cesaro, Seth Rollins, that is a Hell in a Cell match or a possible Hell in a Cell match, depending on what happens in the next few weeks. Well, Hell in a Cell wasn't that long ago. Hell in a Cell was the match with Reigns and Jey Uso. Right. So, to Zach's point, they might just be bringing... Hell in a Cell is a, an autumn thing. Yeah, Usually. I don't, I don't know why I said autumn. I never say autumn. It was a, It's a fall Fall-winter thing. thing, yeah. But... They might just be bringing it back this quick just to have a Jimmy versus Roman Reigns that, Hell in a Cell match. That or the fact that they have Money in the Bank it was, is usually in this spot. Maybe they're holding Money in the Bank back for, you know, to have it with crowds because now crowds are going to start coming back. We're going to talk about that here later on. Um Maybe they'll just, have Roman win Money in the Bank too. I don't know. All roads lead to Roman. Who knows? <laughs> we we've said it for two and a half years, and now it's finally coming true. Um, yeah, I, th- I like the Jimmy Uso factor because now you, I can see it to where Jimmy is going to be that malcontent, the flying the ointment. 
you know, whatever you phrase you want to call it. And now Roman's just going to have to be like, look, motherfucker, you, I'm going to need you to fall in line or you're going to have to get the fuck on. So that I, that's my guess for Roman Reigns. And like I was getting ready to say, I wouldn't have a problem if Roman was off the Hell in a Cell show entirely so you could really let that Uso. No, I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying I wouldn't be upset, but it's not going to happen. Like I said, Jimmy Uso feels like it's going to be in the next spot for Roman Reigns, especially when he's walking around with well, nobody. Jimmy people. versus Jay. That too. That and could be. Could do that could be the alternate. Too, tribal Chief Boogaloo. <laughs> this motherfucker here. He's heating up. <laughs> Jimmy or Jay, Jimmy Roman would be either or. I kind of like Roman a little better because it has that, you know, like you guys have said, you that run it back. But brother versus brother is always good, and there's you can never go wrong with that, especially with the Hell in a Cell, and you have the step where if Jimmy loses, he has to join the bloodline. I, actually, the more and more I'm thinking about it, that's the reason why I'm saying that I wouldn't be upset that Roman wasn't on the show if you had that match where you had brother versus brother, the loser, if Jimmy loses, he has to come over. That works for me. What else did you like about the pay-per-view, Zach? I uh, love the opening match, um, the triple threat um, with the women. I thought that was incredibly well worked. Uh, one of my biggest gripes about uh, triple threats in general, but specifically in WWE, is you usually like have somebody throw somebody out, and then they're out, and then two people work for a while, and then that person comes in and wipes one of them out, and then those two people work for a while. And this was kind of more of like an indie-style triple threat where like the three women were in the ring most of the time together it was non-stop and i thought yeah it was just non-stop 15 minutes very fast paced very well worked um you know we did have that classic finish where you know charlotte essentially gets the pin or gets the setup to the pin Rhea does the riptide um you know kind of not steals the win but you know it, it's a Similar finish, but it totally worked, and um, I thought it was awesome, and I thought it was one of the best matches, like, on the show for sure. Um, separately, another triple threat, which Phil can speak to for both of these, that men's triple threat, way over-delivered. I did not, I was not even looking forward to this match. Like, I didn't even give a shit about it. I was like, all right, Bianca and Bailey, they had a good match, and I'm like, all right, now we got this, like, triple threat men's match. I'm interested to see what happens, but it's probably just going to be whatever. And then I feel like Drew McIntyre just really lights fires under motherfuckers' asses. Um, I know he lights up fires in my pants, but <laughs> this guy of course. rules. And, I mean, Braun over-delivered. Braun took so many bumps, like, the overhead, belly-to-belly belly that uh, he almost died on. He did a fucking flipped copay that Drew McIntyre like saved his fucking life and he almost died on like this guy was working his dick off and so was everybody else in the match just working their big dangly dicks off and I'm appreciative I was appreciative of that match also they tried to switch it up at least a little bit they uh had Braun jumping off of shit a whole bunch yeah I'm like what the fuck Uh, Braun putting Drew through the uh announce table looked especially violent Mm mm-hmm I was uh I was cool with that when I watched it today. 
Not a whole lot to say about this match, except Jason was right and Zach and I were wrong. Uh, Lashley went over. Zach and I both had McIntyre. You can act humble, but, I mean, you got it right. Uh, I don't think it was that big of a stretch, honestly. Probably not, but out of the three guys in the podcast, you were the one that got it right. Uh, so go ahead and vamp a little bit. No, no, I'll, I'll say this. It, it, to me, I think, and this might just be me just kind of – you know, wishing upon a star or whatever, but I'm I'm seeing a trend where at least the top guys are getting longer, lengthier uh, title runs. Obviously, Roman Reigns being the uh, the prime suspect or whatever, for lack of a better word, for this subject. I mean, like I said, I, I'm expecting Roman to to hold this title for at least the rest of the year, and it wouldn't surprise me if it went into next year's WrestleMania. Uh, Drew McIntyre kind of the same thing even though he had that little hiccup where he coughed it up to Randy he ended up getting it right back so I mean basically between Wrestlemania and the end of the year you know he had what a couple of title reigns you know from April to uh, December so now here comes Lashley coming up and now here's his chance to kind of have a little run too so I like the fact that they're at least giving guys a chance to, you know, have a title reign. It's not, you know, hot shot in the title left and right. So Bobby Lashley, to me, kind of made sense to where Braun, unfortunately, has to take the the pin. But, I mean, like you guys said, Braun did, you know, things that I would have never imagined Braun Strowman had been doing. And it was good to see that, you know, they gave him a, a kind of a platform to kind of, you know, spotlight what he can do. Besides just, you know, be a little choo-choo train on the outside of the ring. Lashley, to me, is still not being booked the way he was being booked strongly up until WrestleMania. People kind of forget that Braun Strowman got worked over by Bobby Lashley on the way to WrestleMania. And then now, all of a sudden, it kind of felt like, you know, Braun Strowman was getting this little momentum up until Backlash. It was good to see Bobby Lashley win one, but I think the bigger picture and, well, I shouldn't say maybe it's going to happen because obviously on Monday night we had a little bit of an upset. Lashley Drew feels like it's the bigger picture, but Kofi Kingston might have a little something to say about that as well. Zach, what do you think about that? Do you think Kofi Kingston will be Bobby Lashley's opponent at Hell in the Cell after his win Monday night? I think he's a good opponent. Uh, I think... Uh, it works real well. Uh, I could definitely, but it seems they're leaning in that direction. And I think it will be a good match. I think Lashley has been presented as an absolute dominator. And uh, they've done a good job with their top guys. Fiend aside, and regular WWE booking being questionable, and, you know, aside, uh, their top guys, Roman, Drew, um, Lashley, they've really done a good job with. I, I think you know, especially Roman and Drew, um, they just seem like such stars. And part of that is them, but part of it's their presentation. And, um, you know, outside of mid-car tag team, it's almost non-existent, you know. Um, these guys um, are doing good work. Yeah, and we got so used to Cena being the top guy in WWE that it was kind of hard, you know, Brock Lesnar notwithstanding, it got kind of hard it's nice to see these guys being presented as actual badasses 
and guys that don't lose cheap win or don't lose cheap matches. They don't lose cheaply. They are just world beaters. And that is pretty refreshing. And I like the idea of Lashley versus Kofi at Hell in a Cell also because you got brother versus brother, Jay versus Jimmy, and then brother versus brother, Lashley versus Kofi. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. Couldn't even get it out. Um, so, well, no, this is the long overdue rematch, or I guess for lack of a better term, for Kofi Kingston when Brock, you know, squashed him in, you know, how many seconds? He never Watch got beat him eight, at eight seconds. Right. Okay. So, well, they teased it on Monday night too. Uh, Lashley gave him a. Spinebuster, I think. Sounds right. Yeah, it was. It was really early. It and was really got, quick. And then yeah. he got to the pen. I'm like, you better not. I swear to God, I'll lose. My and I shit. look forward to Kofi losing that match at Hell in a Cell and then acting like nothing happened the next night. Um, at least it's going to. <laughs> at least they're going to throw us a bone that wanted Kofi to get a rematch. And as long as he got a rematch and he lost to Brock again, nobody says anything. Now you know, months later, it's just going to happen with a different guy. Same result, I agree. Um, Bailey versus Bianca Belair was a match that exceeded my expectations also. Really? Yes. Bailey, Bailey, like Bianca's an obvious star. Bailey's great. I'm and still pretty old... I'm still kind of surprised at how good Bailey is as a heel. Just, Me too. No. I was just thinking that the other night because she she fucking carried that division during its like I wouldn't say it's dark at the time, but it was, it's been darker, but like mm-hmm. dark as modern times because of the pandemic. Uh, I think this is leading to a hair versus hair match because ba- Bailey already has like a little shave in the back of her head. And I think they're going to go hair versus hair and uh, going to have to shave her head. I'd be into that. No, starter might have a fucking heart attack. They did some shit like that. I agree with uh, two beer on this one. I think you're not giving Bailey enough credit for what she did for that pandemic era and how she's now the, the SmackDown uh, longest reign SmackDown champion, whether it was hers or Sasha or just her solo dolo. Bailey was the centerpiece of the women's division. When you're talking about, you got of the show actually yeah, pretty much so you're not even just the women's division, the show when you got Oscar Charlotte Becky for a little bit, Sasha Banks. Bailey was always kind of like the odd person out. And then all of a sudden she had this heel turn and they teased it, you know, you know, years ago or whatever, when she kind of, you know, jumped Charlotte or whatever. And everybody was like, okay, this is it. You know, this is the Bailey heel turn. And they never, you know, followed through with it. This was a follow through. And then she kind of picked up the ball and ran with it. So for me, she always had the in ring talent I just wondered if she was going to be a good heel to kind of, you know, develop this new character, reinvent herself, if you will. As far as I'm concerned, like I said, the pandemic era, whatever you want to call it, from 2020 was enough for me to believe that she can be either face or heel. And when she does, now eventually she goes back face. Now she's such a good face. heel. I'm like, I'm like, what, like, how can she, like, she was such a good face and now she's such a good heel. I'm like, now how can she be such a good face again? After being such a great heel, you know, and I know she can do it, but it's just, it's so funny how that paradigm shifts. No, for sure. Okay, so now we got to get to really. Um, hey, for it, us, it, it was. For us, I would say for any WWE product, the fact that we kind of gave it flowers for like 10 or 15 minutes 
straight without taking a nice little no, dump that's on true. it. That's true. I, I think that's credit to all of us. There's, <laughs> all there's, there's a lot of apologists out there, though, that for those of you that didn't see it, um, there was a tie-in, a promotional tie-in with the Lumberjack match between Damian Priest and The Miz um, with the new Zack Snyder, I think it's Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's new Army of the Dead movie starring Dave Bautista, uh, WWE superstar, uh, who ends up being a pretty good actor. I don't know if anybody's ever seen Blade Runner 2049. The dude is fucking He's good. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah I, surprisingly Galaxy, good. Blade Runner. Yeah, I agree. Um but anyway, there was a tie-in with this Lumberjack match where the Lumberjacks were zombies. So I'll just get all the... Uh, let me let me devil's advocate of this way because I, I was driving down here and I was thinking I'm going to have to devil's advocate this just for the sake of being good pod. I understand that as an entertainment company that WWE has to, if Universal Studios or whoever the fuck made the movie... I don't even care who it is. Whoever comes to WWE and says, we're going to give you this truckload of cash and we want to have a tie-in with this new Army of the Dead movie. Um, and and WWE's like, well, or Vince is, says, well, the Lumberjacks will be zombies. I understand you got to take the cash. But as a wrestling fan, as a WWE fan, as somebody who's given the, the company a lot of money over the past you know, 25 years, this is insulting, right? I mean, this is like the stupidest fucking shit you've ever seen, right? Like, I don't know what's more insulting, that the zombies were the lumberjacks or that Miz and Morrison were kayfabe style, kayfabe style. pretending that they actually thought that these people were zombies. <laughs> like, I don't know what's more insulting. And why can't you just have... I know that Miz will do anything for the company, obviously. He will do anything for the company. Shit, and, he tore his and, knee up doing it. Well, the zombies ate his ACL. But <laughs> he is, he's, he's shoot hurt now. Uh, I don't think it had anything to do with the match, or if it did, that was a way of them writing it off. It was that flying kick off the top rope. You saw him, like, grab his leg. Um, I noticed it when it happened. I was, I heard about it, and then I watched it today, and it was worse than I imagined it in my head. That's how bad it was. Ooh. And that is, that's the, ty- that's the type of thing, <laughs> that's the type of thing that would happen to me if I was, if I'm like saying to a buddy of mine that doesn't watch right. wrestling, I'm like, hey, we're going to go to my friend's house. We're going to watch this wrestling pay-per-view. Don't worry. You'll have a good time. Yeah. And then that shit comes on. No, and you're no, like, no, oh, no, dude, it's not, it doesn't, it's not always like this. No, the, dude. The, the first, the fact that the first two matches were like really good would be like, okay, yeah, you know, WWE's working with me. You know, it's, it's bringing a good product. Right. It's, we're going to convert the, the yeah. non, non-believers. And then this happens. Um, I, I find it to be infuriating, insulting, and I fucking hated it. And I don't care if I get painted out to be some smart who thinks that they know better than WWE and everybody's going to be like, well, they got to take the money. You know, it's, you know, there's kids watching too. It's like, well, fuck that. I don't have to like it. That doesn't mean I have to like it. Like there's other entertainment out there that I don't have to like. True story. You know what I mean? True so story. fuck that and fuck WWE for putting it on. It was fucking terrible. Go ahead, Two Beer. Yeah, they make uh, they make record profits, uh, you know, every quarter, and they don't need the money that bad. Um, but uh, my son did like it. Uh, he thought it was cool. But I, I think with to Bill's point, there was a much better way to do it. Which Still yeah, you have the zombies, but you don't have to have Miz and Morrison act 
scared like they're real zombies. Like, you just have the zombies be tough zombies, and everybody comes out, you throw them back in, you know? It's like... So Dexter liked it, though? least better. He was into he it? He did. He did. Um, and uh, it was just so stupid when Miz, or when Morrison comes back out and starts doing wrestling moves on the zombies. And, um, it was just dumb. But um, obviously, we're not the target audience, but uh, it definitely... Uh, in a way, you can kind of compare it to the um, that AEW pay per view, where even though that was like an accident, the kind of like a that fucked up, like put a sour taste in people's mouths about a, an overall really good pay per view. Same kind of situation, except they this is actually what they had planned. Yeah, this was uh, a choice. Yeah, this was a choice, and it put a sour taste in people's mouths about an otherwise really good pay per view. Go ahead, Jason. No. That, that... I agree with what you're saying. It's hard to, if you're Vince and here comes this movie producing uh, company, you know, we want to give you seven, eight figures to help us promote this movie. Obviously, we have the Dave Bautista tie, you know, can you help us promote this movie? Of course, you know, Dave Bautista is a part of this movie. We're going to make this happen. I guess this is where, as a, just for me personally, I don't like horror movies too much. To me, was the double whammy. But it's kind of like you guys said, we could have done this better. This couldn't. This didn't have to be on a pay per view. That's what I think the biggest, you know, like what the fuck problem with, you with got this three whole hours thing is. Still on Raw. Thank you. Yeah. If you want, how many bullshit segments have we seen on Raw? Just in the last fucking Kofi month. wrestled two matches on Raw. You can you can. It's not tell, like they're hurting for guys. You can't tell me. And this was just my thought on it. This could have been a twenty four seven segment where you could have did zombies chasing truth and or fill in the blank guy of choice. I think a twenty four seven segment would have been a lot better than Damian Priest and the Miz, who was your champion not that long ago, right? By the way, The Miz has had probably the strangest 2021 of anybody that could be out there. Money in the Bank winner, champion for a little while, bad bunny, zombies, now he's shoot hurt. It's fucking weird. God damn, wrestling's weird. It's fucking weird. His first big injury of his career, too. Yeah, yeah like, he's never been hurt. No, he's never hurt anybody. He's never been hurt. So he doesn't he, work a style where he could get hurt. No, and, and you know, if the, God bless him for it yeah, on both sides. Yeah, but it happened. It sucked that it happened. I think ultimately people are gonna are gonna miss Miz in the sense of talking segments because that's where you really oh, excelled. He ain't, he ain't going nowhere. He will be on TV. He might take a month off. He's okay. gonna be on TV every week. Then let him come back to TV, and we'll cross that bridge. When we get. Where they gonna fill up with on Raw? They gonna have another Kofi match? <laughs> I'm just saying, there's gonna be there there will be ways to fill this storyline up. Whether it's Kofi's gonna be running the, the the gauntlet for a little bit, whether Miz wants to even come back, because I mean, hell, you know, this might be really, you know, 
mentally damaging to Miz where he he has to come back, but he can't do what he really loves, and that's being in the ring. I can see him being a team player. Vince said, you know, we need you to come back. He would come back. Ultimately, like I said, this was just a – you could have did this a better way to do it. To me, Monday Night Raw was the perfect time, the perfect place where you could have just extended this for over three hours where you could have had multiple segments. I mean, damn, you know, Raw is a fucking variety show anyway, so throw, why not throw that shit in there? Like I said, to me, this was more bait and switch. I'm looking for lumberjacks. I'm looking to see people – the match that they had Monday night was the match I was expecting to see Sunday night. Okay. And the last thing that we should mention, I, I mentioned the Mysterios winning before. They are the first father-son combo to ever hold WWE tag team belts. I think that's pretty cool. I thought it was a nice moment. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not real sure what to make of Dominic yet. I do kind of, when I watch him, I do kind of judge him like on the bad bunny scale. Like he's not really a wrestler yet, but I mean, does he, does he, does he do it for you? I don't think he does it for me, but I think to even compare him to bad bunny is, you know, a little insulting to Dominic Mysterio. I guess on the celebrity scale is the way that I judge him. Like he's, I don't look at him like a real wrestler. No. I look at him like a he's, like a moonlighter. I know he's going to be around forever, but I do look at him like he's really young, and like he's not asked to do that much, which is perfect. I you actually know. kind of uh, compare him to a young Rocky Maivia in the sense that he's pushed real hard as soon as he gets in, and he was in main event angles, you know, with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy and those guys. Um, he fought Rollins at SummerSlam. Yeah, and, you know, there's been some terrible shit. Like, that, those angles were just dreadful. I mean, supposedly Ray lost an eye, you know? Like, I mean, for fucking oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why. So, you know, people hated Rocky Maivia for a long time. Die, oh, yeah, Rocky, sure. die, right? For sure. Uh, Third-generation wrestler. Um, you know, there's, like, there's a lot of parallels there. Um, but I'm still waiting to see how it pans out with him. You should. No, I mean with, Rock? no, with Rocky. With Rocky. <laughs> with Rocky. <laughs> we'll see. He, he might be okay. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. In 2032. Yeah, right. Jury's still out. I saw it on Hulu. Dude, they say that that presidential run is what we're always talking about. Um, I'm I'm giving Dominic a pass just in, the, in this sense where. I didn't say I didn't like him. But I think it's too early to, to give a judge either way. Like Zach said, they pushed him really hard to start, and that I don't think necessarily was the smartest move. So they kind of, you know, taking the gas off a little bit, you know, taking mom and Leo away. He's 24. Plenty, there's plenty of time for him to. He's half the age of half the guys on the roster. Like, 24 is young. Like, yeah. there's guys in NXT that are pushing 40, and apparently they're not ready for the main roster. It's right. He's a baby. Bronson a... Reed's been wrestling 14 years. That was storyline. 14 years, and they act like he's some kind of spring chicken that's just coming up. He's been wrestling for 14 years. I mean, 24 is the same age as Ibushi, right? I mean, Ibushi looks really young. Who looks younger, Ibushi or Dominic? They Abushi. both look very young. <laughs> Abushi, he was about to say. Fuck Ray look younger than Dominic. <laughs> That'll close the book on WrestleMania Backlash. Let's get to that two count. A bushy never ages. Two beer. What's the two count? Anything you uh, want. Let's go with um, uh, big news um, with uh, 
the kind of um, very good for business, uh, not just AEW business, but good for the wrestling business. AEW got a bunch more money. Uh, undisclosed as of yet. I, I don't know if the Observer came out yet today. I didn't get a chance to read it. I'm moving in like 20-something days, so I was packing all day. But um, they got a bunch more money uh, because they are being shifted from TNT to TBS. Um, and then they also have a Friday night show that's being added called Rampage. And that will be a one-hour show. Uh, that Tony Khan describes as another A show, not a B show, but a one hour show, you know, with top stars. And um, this is good for the wrestling business because now AEW is all that much more financially soluble. Um, they can sign more top stars if they want to uh, without breaking the bank, without any kind of like deficit spending. We get another hour of AEW, which um, is a great wrestling program and um, you know it also kind of we have those dark and dark elevation um, which kind of puts them at having a shitload of product um, right but like I mean I'm a big AEW fan and I, I'll throw on dark or dark elevation but like I ain't watching that shit like every week um, <laughs> it's, it's fucking hard to watch Dynamite every week I mean like you know, like, people got shit going on in their lives. It's hard to keep up with wrestling. But um, I think this is cool. Um, you know, do we think, you know, there's going to be some changes? It's, like, it's just interesting. You know, like, there's there's definitely, um, you know, moves being made with uh, Turner Media. And there's, you know, mergers with, like, um, you know, Discovery and, and AT&T, which is, like, Turner Warner Media. Like, we're going to also get, I did not mention, we're going to get, like, four kind of Clash of Champions-style mm. shows. So, like, now we're moving from, like, four pay-per-views to kind of, like, eight pay-per-views, uh, which is cool because we have these, like, big Dynamite shows. But now we're essentially going to be on an eight pay-per-view schedule, which is very cool because it allows for you to build towards more stories. And they do long-term storytelling, but sometimes there's those large gaps in between uh, these big pay-per-views and it can get uh, not tired, but you know, it's hard to like stretch that stuff out. Um, you know, HBO max is in that mix. Like as far as like Warner media and stuff, like do we see pay-per-views like moving from bleacher report to like HBO max? Like is, is like HBO max going to throw a bunch of money at AEW because everybody's like overspending for content right now. Um, are they going to give AEW a hundred million dollars for their fucking archive? You know what I mean? Like there's a lot going on and, um, you know, we can talk about like the dynamite show and stuff, uh, which was a good episode, but it was, um, not like a marquee episode or anything, just kind of continuation of the storyline with some great promos and some good wrestling. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a wild time. Uh, you know, we're always saying this, uh, but I mean, it's a wild time to be alive and it's a wild time to be a wrestling fan. What do you think, Jason? I think Tony Khan is trying to make my fucking life absolutely goddamn miserable. I mean, how many more fucking hours of wrestling can I pack in into a fucking week? No, all jokes aside, um, for the on the AEW side, obviously this is really good news in the sense of they're getting that third hour of programming that uh, that they were looking forward to. Apparently, 
uh, TNT had come to Tony Khan and wanted to do a third hour of Dynamite, and uh, Tony Khan said no, he'd rather do a separate hour of great call by Tony Khan. Yeah, I was listening to the uh, the interview this afternoon that he did. I guess this was yesterday. He's on a uh, a different podcast every Wednesday or whatever, and I figured it. Uh, I would listen to yesterday's and because that was the uh, the breaking news that he had on said podcast that they were going to have this third hour. And he does a podcast every Wednesday? He comes on a podcast every Wednesday at a set time, and they interview him. So he basically kind of like previews Dynamite, and then he got throws oh, out. Oh, so we couldn't get him on a Wednesday? Probably not. I was getting ready to say. You think we, he'd come here to South City and sit here with you and me? Dude. Okay. As, we, as we bang smoke, as we bang heaters and. A, he's paid like nobody's business. <laughs> B, I mean, where the fuck else is he going to do on a Thursday? I mean, as it stands right now, AEW doesn't have any programming on Thursdays. And C, more importantly. He only runs three companies. <laughs> but more importantly, I mean, God forbid. Look, I know he's got shit to do. But the great part about 2021 is technology is a beautiful thing. You ain't got to move. Tony Khan, your invite is here whenever you so desire, my brother. Okay? You are here. You fly us out to Daly's place. <laughs> no, I was about to say whatever. We'll take time out of our business. Schedule. Whenever you have the time to, you know, make three t- tickets to Jacksonville, we can do that too. So it shouldn't even be an issue. So, like I said, at the end of the day, I don't think this is necessarily a big deal in the sense of wrestling wise. And more wrestling is more is better. I think the biggest thing that he said to me was what I was waiting for was. This new Rampage show that's going to come out in August and Dynamite were the core uh, programming. So, I mean, this is the the top billing. So, essentially, this is your SmackDown to Raw in the sense of WWE, if you wanted to go with that. That's kind of what I've been waiting for. You have these two other shows on YouTube, Elevation and Dark are good. But they're developmental shows. There's only so much you can watch, and then it starts to get a it's little repetitive. Dark is just like a bunch of developmental guys and Joey Janela. And, and God bless them all for it. You know what I'm saying? There's guys his, that his, have, his uh, girlfriend needs a job. Okay, see, there's guys that can come through, guys and girls that can come through there. Red Velvet, God bless her. She had a great match against Serena D. She came through the dark. Uh, program or whatever you want to call it so i'm not going to sit up here and, and say that it's worthless but for me personally there are people guys and girls that need time on regular tv or big tv whatever you want to call it you know major cable programming people are saying that T- tbs is a downgrade tbs is not a downgrade okay if you just take your it's time the fucking same okay if you just take the time to look at it cares People, people are saying actually, that? People actually care about this shit. Jesus this Christ. is actually an upgrade. They got paid more money to do it. They're changing channels, not changing days. Who cares what fucking channel it's on? It's on the same fucking, fucking day. Raw used to be on the Nashville network. Okay. Or, in there, like 2001. It was on Spike TV at one point. So, right. I mean, people... Smackdown was on UPN. Okay. Thank you. So, there's... You know, I love the resi- revisionist history by some. The bottom line is... This is a major upgrade for AEW in the sense that they're going, like Zach said, they're going to get more money to make this move. It's not like sports is going to take a break. And I think this is part of that driving force is when uh, M- uh, NBC decided they're going to drop their, their sports network. Now you got places where 
you're going to have to put these sports programming on. And TNT is basketball. Like it or not, that's the home for NBA basketball on certain nights. So I'd rather them do this now and instead of like, you know, not saying that this is a bad thing, but this just is what it is. Next week, we won't have a Wednesday Dynamite. We'll have a Friday Dynamite because the playoffs have started. Look, as a sports guy, I love that shit, but if you keep fucking around with the hardcore base, we're going to move it this night. We're going to move it that night. That's just asking too much. They're going to keep it on Wednesdays. Nothing's the better than just the NBA different. playoffs. Um, I, l- listen, bottom line, Tony Khan, come on, BFR. Um, let's spin this into uh, a Wednesday night, di- Wednesday night Dynamite conversation. Uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite, as Zach said, Further storylines, it was a really promo-heavy episode of Dynamite, which they don't really do that often, and it did, it was uh, worthwhile to watch, I thought. Uh, we started off with Christian versus Matt Seidel. Good match, couple of pros going at it. Christian goes over, there was never going to be any doubt about that. Nobody thought that Matt Seidel was going was gonna to beat Christian. Uh, Team Taz comes out. Adam Page comes out to save Christian from Team Taz. And this is when my head starts spinning because then I was like, wait a minute. AEW has two guys named Cage and two guys named Page. <laughs> get your name tags ready. <laughs> now they have Rampage. Okay, let's get ready to say, Bill won't be able to tell these jokers apart within six weeks. No. <laughs> I, I just... I did love That's good. that he handed Ricky Starks his drink to I go did, make the yes, save. That was great. <laughs> Hold my drink. I'll be right back. I'm that, like, God damn that, it. That was great. I loved it. Um, Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Oh, I don't know. Do you guys want to say anything else about that segment? No, it's fine. No, oh, just real quick. Ricky Starks out with injury. That's why he didn't participate in the beatdown. Uh, apparently, he has a... Um, a small fracture in his neck, so look for him to be out for quite some time. You know, speedy recovery for uh, Ricky Sark as well. Moxley and Eddie Kingston, they're a known quantity at this point. Uh, of Not much to say about them. Uh, what, what what do you think about the acclaimed? What do you think about Max Caster coming out and freestyling? It's got some John Cena vibes, doesn't it? Totally. It's and got that- legs, though, because it, he's so talented that it really pops me and, like, I love whenever uh, – who's the other guy? Uh, Anthony Bowens. I love when Anthony Bowens, like, cuts him off before he says a swear word. Um, and I love this week whenever he gave that bit because, like, Renee's podcast is called The Oral Sessions, and he talked about – he rapped about Renee giving him oral, and Moxley just punches Anthony Bowens right in the fucking face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, is that yeah, really Renee boring. Young? It, Renee Paquette's – that's the name yeah. of her podcast is Oral Sessions? Yep. Is it O-R-A-L or A-U-R-A-L? No, it is O-R-A-L. It's called Oral speaking. Sessions. Wrap Oral your head sessions, around that. Yep. Jesus Christ, because when he came out, I didn't know that that's what it was called. When he came out and said that, I was like, man, if I was Moxley, I'd fucking smoke this dude. Ding! And that's why the acclaimed work. Okay, see, motherfuckers are like, you know, oh, you know, Max Caster can't rap. He ain't supposed to no, rap, no, no. you it's idiots. Got, it's got nothing to do with whether or not he can rap. It has to do with whether or not this is getting over, right? That's all That's all that matters. I watched, okay, I watched, this, I watched The this. Dark Side of the Ring today about Brawl for All, and the Ooh. thing about Brawl for All is that JR says... Nobody, Nobody got, got over. over. Nobody got over. That's the most important thing. Every single segment, 
should have somebody getting over. And I'm not saying that the acclaimed can't get over. That's not my I thing. I think they're over. Well, we got we to gotta wait till fans are there, I guess. I mean, right? But Okay, fair. That's fair. But it... it it doesn't pop me. I know it pops Zach because I think it's, it's AEW fucking central. I'm sorry. I'll look for the only reason I kind of watch dark and dark elevation is to see the next coming of the superstar. And I miss the acclaimed and it kind of bothers me. It's like the, you know, my Moby Dick of, you know, not watching enough wrestling. You know, you might miss the acclaimed. You might miss this. You might miss that. So for me. They're your white whale. <laughs> <laughs> on, on multiple well, levels. <laughs> you know, they weren't a team to begin with. They both did tryouts and Tony Khan put them together, which was genius. I mean, like. I mean, he, he's a great booker. He's got, you know, a good mind for this. And that's weird that you put them together. Like, what do they have in common? <laughs> uh, they like yeah. rap music? That could be it. No, I, actually, like I said, all bullshit aside, I like the acclaimed. It's, it's one of those times where the mismatch of singles guys work. And it works really well because they play off, like Zach said, they play off each other so well. No, I'm a, and they're really good in the ring. I'm a fan of both those guys in the ring for sure. I mean, it, I'll I'll let it play out. Like I know this is a thing that like introduce a character. It just shouldn't be around that much longer. I don't think. That, the, the acclaim's not going anywhere. No, I don't think the acclaim's going anywhere. Okay. I think maybe the freestyling or That's whatever they fucking either. call it. Nope, that ain't going anywhere either. Okay, uh, we have Scorpio Sky and uh, Ethan. Page, <laughs> who's Diamond Dallas Page's son? No, yeah. uh, they come out and they talk a bunch of shit. I love both these guys. I love them as a team. I love both their promo styles. You know how I always talk about how there are guys that come out and they cut these promos that it's like they're on tough enough and yeah. they're like are not tough. Was no, it tough enough? Yeah, tough enough. It's like they're on tough enough and they're like trying to sound like a wrestler. Right. Neither, neither one of these guys sounds like they're doing an impression of a wrestler. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page both cut promos the other night that I really liked with Shivani in the ring with them. And well, Ethan Page yeah, ushered Shivani out. I was say, I got this from here. I'll double down on that. And it made me want to find any Ethan Page and Darby Allen matches from the past yeah. to kind of, you know. Okay, he's saying this, so let me see this. You know, let me yeah. see where this buildup has happened because obviously a lot of this has happened on the indie scene, which is great. But now if we're talking about it, let me see how, you know, somebody's head got dented in or, you know, somebody else got thrown down the stairs. Very, like that. very effective promo. Uh, what do you think about Zach? And what do you think about them saying that Sting's at double or nothing? It's not going to be a cinematic match. It is going to, like, they said Excalibur it's said it's going to be a live match. It's going to be his first match in the ring, I think, since Seth Rollins, uh, since he got hurt in that Seth they Rollins said match. A, they said a number of years, but I can't remember. But Probably six years. I think, uh, I think it was six. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, Darby's going to work most of that match. I imagine Darby's going to sell like Darby sells, which is great, and be that scrappy underdog. And then he'll get the hot tag on Sting. He'll do some stinger splashes and a scorpion death lock or a death drop and that'll be that and it'll pop a big live crowd um so i'm not too worried about it uh in that regard uh, i if that's the way that they set it up i mean that's what i would do um so i think i think it could be cool 
My only problem with this segment is Dark Order came out at the end. It's what? like, yeah, what? Why? Okay, I know Did that. I, they, miss? I know they have some kind of they have kind of a storyline going on with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, but I don't remember what it is. That's what I'm saying. That's, it's just dude, like it, you took my you stole my thunder. Much. You stole my yeah, thunder. It's just like why is Dark Order out here? It, 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 Are they listening to our podcast and they're trying to <laughs> fucking troll me? Is that what they're doing? They're totally trolling you because I said the same thing. Because there's so many of them. It was, it's not even that. It was now. It's part of that. It's now why. Why are you out here? Clearly, this thing is handled and the heels are on the run. And now here comes the dark order. Look. I get it. There's not really a direction for it, but I mean that doesn't mean you throw them out there just for shits yes. and giggles. There's no to reason to put them, them out there just to get them on TV. You got dark and dark elevation. Figure it out. Uh, Sheeta beats Rebel slash Reba, uh, whatever. It was a good way to put heat on Britt Baker, who I think is going to take the bell. Shit, she guaranteed it. It's going down. Uh, we had Kenny Omega and Don Callis go visit, visit Orange Cassidy while he was getting worked on uh, medically, which I thought was a fine segment. Anything that you have to say about either one of those segments? Um, what was Don Callis's line? Um, he murdered me with it. I'm trying to remember. He said something that it was just like, oh, uh, he like joked about concussions, which is fucked up. Uh, he's like, sleep it off. He's like, ah, maybe in your state, like, don't. <laughs> Pretty good. Like, Pretty good. He did say that shit. I was like, ooh, yeah, you, you don't sleep when you have a concussion. You got to keep that shit awake. Uh, um, no problem with Britt Baker. I, I get the match. It, obviously, short, short for a reason, but it sets up, obviously, double or nothing. I'm on the Britt Baker uh, bandwagon. Sure. Uh, I'm sorry. I think she, it's just she time just for her to be. She had the belt for a long time. It's just time for her to be champ. Um. Now, the Optimist segment, it, it kind of is what it is, man. I mean, I don't, necess- I don't necessarily have a problem with it at the end of the day. It's, it, both segments set up something else. So, I mean, like it or not, take it for a, in a vacuum, but they set up something else. And it's kind of like what you said, Bill. This was a promo-heavy dynamite, which is very rare. Pretty but rare. It set, but it sets up. Other things. It's basically setting up for double or nothing. This well, is the bill for double. Or I nothing. mean, next up, we had the inner circle promo, which is, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss it because it was good. Of course, it was good. It was Chris Jericho. Sammy Guevara is really coming into his own. We say it every single fucking week. Um, it was a really good. Of course, they were going to say yes to the stadium stampede. It also makes sense that they're not going to do a stadium stampede match and a cinematic sting match, and that makes sense to me, especially because one, it's, it's got to be one or the other. It can't be both. Especially in front of a live crowd, right. which is what it is now. Um, there's nothing... Look, it's absolutely... I, I love the, the vibe that they're putting out that we're not joking around, so we're going to get a very different stadium stampede match. Oh, the yeah, for sure. Hilarious. This time, they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Serena Deeb retains the title the nwa title against red velvet and what was a, a really good great it was a really good match really good tv match uh what's a go-go red velvet over delivers every time i see her i think in a few years she's gonna be a big star i wish i had a button that said horny police <laughs> i'm sure we can find it um <laughs> no i agree. can go to horny jail <laughs> 
I'm sure we can find. Um, no, take, that, that's not what I was going to say. I agree with Zach. Are you the boner police? Because I need a lawyer. <laughs> See, this motherfucker here. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, um, Red Velvet. Yeah, I agree with Red Velvet at, at some point, especially if they're going to keep this partnership. And Tony Khan didn't, said, didn't don't, don't say partnership. It's more like, you know, this working relationship with the NWA with impact now you have obviously aew i'll just take those three if you can just keep that with the women's division now you can you know bring in camille if you want to you can have a jade cargill and camille match for the nwa title i want to see serena deeb versus jade cargill i think serena deeb fucking rules man i agree with that the only thing i will say about that it for me, that stands as heel versus heel. Not saying that they can't do it, but Serena Deeb, Serena Deeb was very heelish at best. If not, she didn't kind of flip heel in that Real Valley match. Uh, a go-go squashes Austin Gunn, which is probably what, probably what should be happening here. Uh, they are building up a go-go to go against Cody Rhodes. We'll have our predictions next week. I like a go-go a lot. I like that his... Finishing move is basically a... It's, it's boxer-related. Yes, it is. Uh, I got Brawl for All on the brain after I just watched it today. <laughs> uh, but I'm a fan of a go-go, and I think that he's going to be the guy, and not just because they're pushing him. I think that when this... We're going to look back on this in a few years. It's going to be like, oh, remember when he was with QT Marshall? Right. And you're going to be like, who? It's going to be like, oh, that guy. It's got to work in the, he's working the fry side at Chili's uh, down the street. No, mm. no, you don't. Stop. Get working the roller grill. At the airport. Man, put that respect on that man's name. Stop. <laughs> he's, oh, what? Cody's buddy? Put some respect on his nah, name. He's, he's talented, man. I like him. I uh, like he's fine. Can, can we not give him credit for at least training guys and girls? Can I not make fun of people on my own goddamn podcast? He's heating up. Not, not balding middle-aged men because it's my demographic. There we go. <laughs> okay, damn. Uh, I really got a problem. <laughs> Christopher Daniels looks like he is done. I mean, they may look like he is done, which always go out on your back. Mad respect to Christopher Daniels. Uh, what a guy. Such a talent. And one of the biggest talents that never signed with WWE, really. I mean, he was a big deal. Totally, uh, I agree with that. Kaz cut Kazarian. Frankie Kazarian cut a promo after that, making it seem like he's a singles wrestler, which I like Kaz a lot, too. Can I, uh, Just quick sidebar for 30 seconds. I know that uh, Bullet Club, the elite, whatever you want to call him, Kenny Omega and the boys are going to be running rampant with titles, title reigns, or whatever. With Kaz saying what he said in this promo, I wouldn't be surprised somewhere down the line when the Bucks lose, when Kenny Omega loses, Kaz isn't somewhere in that mix, kind of helping it along. That might not be the finish of the match, but sets up the finish for the match because basically what he's saying is is that now his sole goal moving forward is to make their lives to absolutely fuck up the yeah. miserable. I think that's the best place for Kazarian. I mean, I don't know Pick where you put him. Like Kazarian's a he, he's a he's a tough case because he's he 
He's never been the top guy anywhere he's ever been. But he can work so well. He can work so well. He's so well-respected within the business. He's a big-time tag wrestler. He's been in tag teams. I just don't know what you do with him. And I think just being kind of the, to use your phrase, the fly in the ointment for the elite, this I, is basically I think is a pretty good place. If there was another singles title, then maybe that would be it. Looks like we're getting Miro Lance Archer, which is... Fuck. Fuck. You like that, don't you? I do, but I don't. Why not? Because somebody's got to lose. I want to see Lance Archer lose. Yeah, here. exactly. Somebody's got to lose, and for me, it's got you got two of the the premier big guys in the company. I don't want to see one lose so the other can get over. Does it make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Miro's promo, I thought, was on the money. I like this. This is the Miro I've been waiting for since he came over. This arcade thing was a good start, but this is the Miro I was looking for. Lance Archer fires back. So you got two big-ass bulls in the ring. Can I fancy book something for you? Yeah, go ahead. A best of seven series. Dude, don't even start. (laughs) Wouldn't that be the best thing for these two guys? It would, it would get both guys over. It would get them both over. And then it did it for Cesaro and Sheamus. This is the last time we saw one. Yeah. And it did it for both of them. Yeah. They became the bar, and then it, it, you kind of run it from there. I wouldn't have a problem with a best of seven. You just don't see it that much anymore. Um, Zach, what do you think? Should I book the territory? Uh, I mean, that would be cool to watch. Definitely. But I think kind of playing Archer, maybe not going on a – losing streak but maybe just kind of uh having like a little confidence shaken you know what i mean yeah losing streaks are also good if you play it right if you play it right and you make it part of a story yeah i don't have a problem with it like i said to me this is going to be one of those matches to look forward to if you can extend it some kind of way and and have it run it back and then have mirror win it then that that's probably the best way you can go about it Last but not least, we got the Young Bucks versus the Varsity Blondes. Uh, the Young Bucks go over. Kingston and Moxley come out, and they steal the Young Bucks' shoes that they've been <laughs> bragging about for a month. All I have to say about this segment is that, uh, oh, and they also announced Kingston and Moxley versus the Young Bucks for Double or Nothing, which is a match that is going to fucking rule. All I can say about this is that Eddie Kingston looked way more experienced at stealing Dude, shoes why is off. Why of, saying that? <laughs> somebody else say that. I saw it on Twitter this afternoon. I'm like, that motherfucker, that motherfucker. He was just smiling. He was just I taking mean, him off. He didn't even have to look. I know how this shit works. I'm gonna look in the camera. I'm gonna take these jet bad boys off. That Go ahead, Zach. There's an Eddie Kingston outside of every bodega in New York City asking for a new Ford. <laughs> That's exactly right. No, Eddie Kingston looks like a dude that would come into Jack Patrick's, the bar that oh, I worked at forever. Oh, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. That would come so in true. at one thirty, yeah. still wearing, still wearing his back. Can house, I get? Can like I get Phil in the blank? He'd be like uh, Jameson, you know, Stag, and then he'd stand there and he'd smoke mm. a cigarette, and you'd be like, "Dude, you can't smoke in here." He's like, "Ah, oh, seriously, for real." Yeah, really? it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> all right, okay. Well, it's been a little bit. Uh, Can I keep my shit here? I will say, <laughs> I will say, I loved uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s promo at the beginning of the show, where he talked about uh, the dark side of the ring and saying, "People say that I'm only in this business because of my dad," and he's like, "I was actually stayed away from this business because of my dad." And the Young Bucks got me into this business because they were stand-up guys, 
And then they worked so well with these guys. Like, you know, I'm going to double down on my take from last week. The Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. Like, best tag team ever because they make everybody look like a million bucks. Man, I respect the fuck out of that, Zach. God bless you. I really do respect I the mean, fuck just, out of that. I mean, just come to the hole. Fuck what everybody else says. You wrong, but just go to the hole anyway. <laughs> you know, Chris Garrison and Brian Pillman are good, but they made them look great, and they worked such an old-school heel match. It was not like a flashy Young Bucks thing. They they went in there, and they were the Midnight Express. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it was awesome. No, it was a cool match. Uh, just quick sidebar for 30 seconds because I know we're going to move on. Uh, Kenny Omega matches to look forward to. Andrade I was going to bring Ke- it up. I was going to bring it up later. I was going to bring it up at okay. odds and ends. Yes, Kenny Omega is fighting. He is defending his AAA, what do they call it, the Mega Championship? AAA Mega Championship. Uh, yep. Against Andrade, who is now El Alito. He was always that, but I mean, this was Is just- that what it is, though? I'm sure I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but I, I think it's El Guido as well. But that was what he was before. Uh, no, but Bison that Brada that, is also That match isn't a, happening till August. That's fine, too. You, What I was also going to say was when Moose won the uh, number one contenders match at Under Siege on Sunday, Moose is going to be a part of this mix, too. So I know that... Roman Reigns is, at least for me, that top guy, and his storyline has kind of really fixated me. Kenny Omega now is really starting to, you know, we're, this is the great part about everybody working together because now you have a number one contender here. You got a number one contender here. He's got this, you know, triple ma- triple threat match Starting to play here. itself out. So now it's starting to play itself out to where now it's going to really, if they play it, it You're right. right. All tie all ties rise the rise the boats. So now every as long as everybody plays nice, this could really be an interesting summer for nine WWE wrestling. Especially if like Andrade wins and then they can bring Andrade into AEW. Now we're now we're really onto something. Uh or Zach, if he goes to New Japan or whatever. There's plenty of things to go with. Zach, any thoughts about that before we get to the three count? I'm just looking forward to it. Like uh, I think Kenny Omega is going to be working uh, a – he'll be like Adam Cole was over that Survivor Series weekend, but he's going to do it for, like, the whole summer. All right. And there's all the business now. Uh, and he – Well, Daniel Bryan could be one if they signed his ass. That's right. The last break could be if he wasn't banged up. One, two, three. All right, the three count is going to be the passing of New Jack. Uh, his real name was Jerome Young, I believe. He was 58 years old. He passed away of a heart attack last Friday. New Jack is somebody whose name has never been brought up on this podcast, I don't think. I don't think we've ever talked about him. He is kind of an easy... Death match at that. He's, a, he's an ECW legend. He was a, a black dude. Uh, who came from, well, shit, I don't even remember where he came from. L.A., maybe? Or yeah, Atlanta. He came from LA. Atlanta. Or, yeah. No, it wasn't. He, like, he, no, you're he right. Modeled himself, he modeled himself off of South Central L.A. Right. right. He was a, I don't know what you would say, a deathmatch death aficionado. He was an ECW guy. He was made by Paul Heyman. He started off in the, 
Smoky Mountain Wrestling with Jim Cornette. And this dude was a straight-up psycho. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, and I know that he just passed away, and I know that there's been a lot of nice things said about New Jack in the last week. Uh, I searched him on Twitter today after I watched the Dark Side of the Ring with him again Oof. for the second time. The first time I watched it, I was a little lit up, which is usually when I watch wrestling stuff because, let's face it, I mean, wrestling sucks. But I was watching it, and I was amazed at how cavalier this motherfucker was about the dangerous spots that he put his opponents in and how nice of things guys like Mick Foley, guys like D'Lo Brown, guys like Lance Storm, everybody put respect on this guy's name. This is a guy that when uh, Jay Grimes didn't want to go off that spot because he oh, said it was too high, yeah, he, threw he, him off anyway. he pulled him off of it. This is a guy that because he pulled him off of it and because he cracked his skull the year later, he threw him off the scaffolding. The guy almost fucking died. And New Jack said, I was trying to throw him out of the ring. I mean, he fucking said that shit. <laughs> this is a guy that when the other guy, when his opponent, uh, Hunter Red, wouldn't uh, try to map out the match with him, he ended up stabbing him. Nine times in the back. One one guy wanted to get his shit over, and New Jack was like, "No." Nah, well, then you're that. talking about the mass transit incident, mm -hmm. and the mass transit incident is the thing that you every every wrestling fan, probably every smart at least, knows what the mass transit incident is. I did not know it until I had always heard about the mass mass transit incident. It's when he took this 17 year old kid who said he was 21. The guy was very large. Probably 320, 350 pounds. If I, if Which, by the way, him. Mass Transit's a great name for a big, <laughs> big old fat guy. If I had looked at him, I would have been like, yeah, he's 21. Go ahead. But apparently Mass Transit comes up to New Jack before the show. This is probably like 97 and says, hey, I want to get some offense in. And New Jack's like, no, fuck you. You ain't getting no offense in. And then he fucked him up. And when the blade wasn't working, he pulled out basically an X-Acto knife and sliced him across the forehead, cutting open his, I mean. Basically his forehead. Open. Basically, you could see the skull. Yeah. And he fucked him up. Now, he was also a tremendous promo. Like a legit. You couldn't get away with this shit in 2021. I mean, being down in the Smoky Mountain Wrestling mm. and saying, uh, here's a message to my man, OJ. Keep up the good work. There's two more we don't have to worry about. Whew, that is good. That's mouth-dropping. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, said some I've said some shit that I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that, you know, five seconds after the fact, you know, maybe that was wrong. This is a guy I'd always heard about in college from my man, Cam, Cam Bigelow. He used to talk about him because Cam, can't shout out to Cam Mangle. Uh, he, you know, he knew what ECW mo was more than I did. But when you watch that, and listen, as a guy that's not in the business, it's not really for me to say, but it is kind of shocking to see all these people come out and talk about how great he was when really he, like, the core of professional wrestling that you would think is you got to take care of the other guy. You can't do anything that the other guy didn't know was coming, you know? And he really 
did not do that at all. Like he fucked dudes up and that little person that's in that dark side of the yeah, ring. I can't think of his name. Off Tiny the, the Terrible. Head. Yeah, that good call. He's He said no. He fucking ruined people's life. He know what he did. And he... <laughs> and New Jack was not remorseful at all. At all. No. Um, God bless him. I mean, I, I, I'm not that dude, okay? I'm not that dude either. What do you, what do you think? I'll just say this, and then we, I'll pass it to Zach. I'm not a huge fan of death matches, so I, I really wasn't a New Jack guy. Me neither. And that to me, kind of leads us into ECW. So I wasn't really an ECW kind of guy. The fact that New Jack excelled there is kudos to him. The fact that you can say stuff like he said. I mean, he knew how to draw heat. D'Lo Brown said something on that um, dark side of the ring, which kind of still plays to this day. He had to take the beatings for the tag team so the tag team could keep heat. And I think some of that is kind of missed still to this day. We see it, but we we take it for granted. We just kind of like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. So when him saying that, I was like, oh, damn, you know, that kind of makes sense too. I'll just say this. For being as coked out as he was, that I mean, that's sorry to cut you off, but that's the other thing. Like, there's a big stigma against going in the ring when you are fucked up. Now, that that might be a little different from Godfather going in there high, but going totally in different. But to me, it's totally different. Yeah, because Godfather said he smoked all day every day, and I know stoners. You know, some might be in this room. Hi, my name is Jason Bell. But that is completely different. Than being coke, than doing a bunch of coke, and then going out there. Especially, I'm telling you, if you guys, if you're listening to my voice right now, you don't know what I'm talking about. On Hulu, you can watch Dark Side of the Ring. Watch the New Jack episode and watch the bumps that he he throws Jay Grimes off scaffolding and tried to kill him to the point where it was like you want somebody to stun gunned him before he did it. Yes. He, he, he also tased him. Yes. So he bought, a, he bought a taser. So he tased him so that he couldn't move. And then he threw him off. I'm sorry. Like fuck new Jack. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I don't want to speak ill of the dead and I'm not a wrestler, but Jesus fucking Christ. What are we doing? I, I will. I will say fuck new Jack, but at the same time, that dude was incredibly avant-garde and incredibly creative. And I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, it's weird because you see like Lance Storm, which I can't imagine two more separate people than Lance Storm and New Jack, right? <laughs> that's, um, dude, that's all about that. You're exactly right. Yeah. But it's just God. like, so it's so weird to see people praise like him instead of just like kind of praising the work and like. He was a total definition of like living the gimmick, right? Like, dude, you ain't ever lied. I mean, god damn, you know, at a certain point, I get it. You know, you want to you want to try to keep wrestling as kayfabe as possible, but this motherfucker, when he, the guy you were talking about, you know, throwing off the scaffold, when you, you when you watch that shit. I mean, he's barely hitting on the way down, and that's not the way it's supposed to happen. You're supposed to at least hit, have him hit, you know, in the middle, and then, you know, if he starts to go the opposite way. No, so there were tables. It. He was supposed to hit the I tables. Know. That's what I'm saying. When he threw him off the scaffold, you want him to hit the table somewhere in the middle. He, he said, was, 
New he was J- literally like throwing New him J- off to be New like, Jack's, bye, motherfucker. New Jack's quote on that, because I just watched it today, was Jay Grimes, after he tased him a bunch of times, Jay Grimes says, I can't feel my legs. And New Jack said, you ain't going to need them bombs away. And then threw that motherfucker. And he said, he's like, I was trying to throw him outside the ring. I was trying to throw him outside the ring. You're talking about the mass transit incident with, like, I mean, so, like, I watched ECW. It was on um, Charter at my grandparents' house. like, I, And I was, like, the perfect age. 1996, I was 11 years old. Like, you know, like, the heyday of this. Like, <laughs> you ain't supposed I, to be watching that shit at 11. Dude, in the 90s, I was in love. Like, I watched as much ECW as I can. I never got any of those pay-per-views except on tape, like, afterwards and stuff. But, because, like, my parents were not going to buy me that. Like, they'd buy me in your house, you know, but they wouldn't buy me, like, <laughs> that shit. Um, but, I mean, I was fucking in love with ECW whenever I was, like, a preteen, early teen. And, like, I just remember being, like, scared to death of, like, some of these guys. And... Uh, you know, like the mass transit incident, I watched that like later on, like through YouTube videos and stuff. And like, there was blood squirting out of this guy's head. And he straight up said, he's like, I wasn't trying to kill him. He's like, but I wanted him close to death. See, that's crazy to talk to me. I can't understand that shit. I'm I'm all about being serious. I'm all about being entertained, but I don't want anybody's fucking forehead to be ripped open for my personal. I mean that that dark side of the ring. I winced. I watched. I watched you Jackass. The, I watched every single Jackass. Gage? Have you seen the Nick Gage episode yet? No, but Ham told me about it. Yeah, I watched. Shit. Listen, I watched every single Jackass. Enough for me. I used to watch Faces of Death in high school and me shit too. like that. Me too. Me too. But yeah, now. Yeah. As a forty-one-year-old dude watching that shit, especially with the old guy, uh, I, I catch myself kind of like, <laughs> "Ooh, wait Zach, a now. Zach, what was the old guy's name on that episode? It was Joe the Joe the Gypsy or something, or Gypsy Joe? Oh, yeah. Gypsy Joe. Yeah, Gypsy Joe, the seventy-two-year-old guy that he just literally took a barbed wire bat and smoked him in the head three. Yeah, times. wasn't even like wasn't even pulling it back. Just smoked him in the head three times. I mean, it, it's just. Innovator. I guess what I'm saying is, uh, alright, just yeah, innovator. <laughs> get in and outside of the ring, but just really not a good. Person. I mean, he, listen, if he could have reined it back a little bit, and they talk about in that dark side of the ring about what his childhood was like, and of course, I am sympathetic to that because when it you are when you are young like that, he says dad died when he was five, and he saw his dad stab his mom, his dad shot his mom. Stuff like that. When you are when, when you when you see stuff like that, of course You're gonna be a little the, messed up. Oh yeah. Like the 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 pathways in your brain are gonna be rerouted for other shit. But that doesn't excuse him from everything that he did. And if he could have reined it back a little bit, man, he would have been one of the biggest stars of all time. What a promo. What a fucking promo, dude. To say that the shit about OJ when he said it to me is all you need to know about Incredible. him promo wise where he just he'd have fit right in on BFR 
<laughs> yeah, right. About <laughs> saying we got to sit him, sit and sit New Jack and uh, two beer next. I would prefer other. he be out in Edwardsville with you. To be honest. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I don't want him here. I don't want him here. Uh, he'll be fine here in South City. Out in Edwardsville, we'd have to have security going on. I just Can don't want imagine? him in the same room as me. Is what I'm saying. That motherfucker was crazy. I'm not saying that. Look, we. I'll just say this. I would like to think that he's not going to put hands upon us. Now, that said, if you get thrown Everybody out the window, him. if you get thrown out the window, that you, because you, me and him look like each other, so you getting thrown out the sure. window. I can barely tell you guys apart. <laughs> My forehead is probably the, the best way to tell us apart. You could probably make this landing and be okay. Maybe. Maybe. You know, one of the funniest tributes I saw, or one of the most noteworthy tributes I saw, was Mickey James, who said, I was in a lot About of... New Jack? Yeah, I was in a lot of locker rooms with New Jack, and he was never anything but very respectful and very nice to me. I loved him. He was so sweet. That's what Mickey James said. He was married said. to Terry Ruddles. He married, like, Justin Ruddles' second ex-wife. Like, oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the tape. Breaking break news. Is this true? <laughs> we need to break. Sure. I'm going to Google it right now, but I'm pretty sure he there, was married. No, no, no. Married. No, there is no. Actually, oh, no, 100%. there is a yeah, way because I can see that. They, yeah, I can see dated. that. I can see that. Man, when you, when you look at Cody, you look at Terry. <laughs> I guess Dusty used to watch Jungle Fever with those kids. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my joke, motherfucker. You ain't shit. <laughs> anyway, R- I mean, R.I.P. New Jack. R.I.P. New Jack. Can you imagine your wife leaving you for New Jack? Hell no. <laughs> Bitch, are you out your goddamn yes. mind? Yes, no. I can. Oh, no, you better. Oh, shit. You better be throwing me I off watched, shit. I watched The Wire of my wife. I watched her look at Idris Elba. Fuck, yeah, I could see her. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's what I'm going to say. I can't tell them apart. Look, you're talking about the next, (laughs) the possible next James Bond, quote unquote, versus the suicide homicidal motherfucker that throws guys off a fucking scaffold. I was thinking after last week when you guys both came to my house and you guys both get all banged up and I was completely normal and I was thinking, you know, did I say anything racist last night? And then I just said that I can't tell Idris Elba and New Jack apart. But I really can. You waited a week. It's okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it's the same thing with Dakota. Oh, Kai and what's her face? Oh, All right. That, that, yeah, that'll do it for our three count. Here you go. One's taller. The other one's shorter. Hey, everybody. Time to talk about our sponsor, Soul Taco. Oh, wait. No, yeah, I just no. slipped into something. Let's get to... This is banned from ringside. Let's get to NXT Tuesday night, which was a pretty good show. I think it was a pretty good show. Uh, We had started off with Tony Storm versus Zoe Stark. I'm starting to see why NXT has so much faith in Zoe Stark. She has uh, leaps and bounds. She has made strides in the last few weeks, and she's legit pretty good now. Tony Storm goes over. Frankie Monet comes out with her Pomeranian. <laughs> William Reg- I don't know why that's funny. William Regal always talks about how NXT has the best women's division in the world, and I think that he's right. Stardom might have something to say about that, but I can't necessarily disagree with the fact that, at least on North American soil, well, I shouldn't say that. I'll go with the just United States soil. NXT has brought in... Their fair share of women, obviously, 
there was uh, a couple of um, NXT releases on the on that side. Um, Vanessa Bourne and Brandy Lauren, I believe, were both released as of this week. But I mean, those two are. I wouldn't say bottom of the barrel, but let's just call them lower tier or talent. That said, I would take NXT's uh, talent versus anybody else, whether it's WWE. What do you think about Zoe Stark? I think Zoe Stark is going to be the next coming. If I would, I would be surprised if I didn't see a Zoe Stark uh, Saray kind of a, not necessarily a feud, but like a title kind of chase. There's a new blood, down the line. for yeah, sure. For sure. You have at least the modern, not, I shouldn't say the modern, but the current, you know, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Frankie Monet, EO. You have these women in the mix, but then, you know, on deck, if I want to use a baseball reference, Zoe Stark is right there. She has all the talent in the world. NXT is not necessarily the ground for her to work on her promo skills, and she'll need that when she goes up to the main roster. But talent-wise, she's as good as anybody else is there. I saw Bill's tweet uh, before I saw this match because I didn't watch NXT until this morning. And he's like, what is Zoe Stark doing kicking out of Tony Storm's finisher on the opening match of a Tuesday night? And I saw it, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then Tony Storm does this crazy new finisher. Introduces a new finisher. I got something for you. (laughs) I almost almost had, Zach, that's so funny that you said that. I almost deleted that tweet. I was like, holy shit, she just... I yeah I didn't wait, I, I didn't wait to see to the end but yeah she, she introduced a new finisher which was hot I that love it dangerous like I don't know if it is because like the camera angle was kind of weird so you know Kevin Dunn shit is like not the best for showing us what's actually happening I am looking forward to seeing it again because it looks dangerous as fuck and I'm hoping that it's not I don't expect it to be. Um, you know, because uh, Tony Storm's like such a talent, and I can't see her out there trying to hurt ladies. But like, dude, that finisher looks devastating. Way better than you know her like pump handle power bump. Totally agree. Um, we had some backstage segments with the way Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. No, 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 no. As the guy that has shitted on Dexter Loomis for about a month straight, he wasn't in this. Yeah, he was. He was he there was, for like yeah. thirty seconds, if oh. even thirty he seconds. Massaging, he was, the mas- he was, he was one of the masseuses. Andy Hartwell, without consent, being a total creep. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Zach, I played, uh, I played golf Tuesday with a couple of our mutual in-laws, uh, Tim and Luke. And when I came back, I took a big rip of the vape and then I just sat back and watched NXT for the next two hours so I might have missed that part no which un- under normal circumstances if I would have done the same thing I would have missed that too but like two beers said Dexter Loomis was getting the uh, the mas- massage to Indy Hartwell and Indy and, and Candice are kind of you know you know fuck Dexter Loomis like women should be when you know the guy fucks him over and then all of a sudden, in the I was wondering how it was going to happen, but you have the credit card being declined later on, you know, in the uh, the NXT uh, show, you have the credit card de- declined for Candace paying for this spot, 
And they were like, oh, why is this credit card decline? And then all of a sudden you have this charge for flowers coming up. And then Indy Hartwell is... Go ahead. I just got to say, this was the dumbest fucking shit ever. That's not how credit cards work. That's not how credit card companies work. (laughs) Like... How fucking hard would it have been for, like, Indy to just find a receipt for a florist, right? Like, Indy's not smart, man. Come on. Or something. But, like, they're basically telling us that we're not smart because we're supposed to believe that some spa worker called her credit card company and they divulged all of these details about a florist thing from three weeks ago. Like, what, does she have a credit limit of $75? She's a fucking... <laughs> It's like Midnight Run where the guy calls up and cancels Robert De Niro's credit, credit card. card. Yeah. He's just like, oh, yeah, my name's... Really good movie. But I, oh, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, R.I.P. Charles Grodin. R.I.P. Charles Grodin. Like, dude, like, that just ain't how credit cards work. And they just insulted my intelligence. It was dumb. She could have just found a fucking receipt like, or something. Okay, a... Like, I fucking hated it. And okay. I liked the way... Really? Uh, you hated this segment? Part. Dude, I thought, I thought this segment was well played just in the sense that... I guess I missed it. Just in the sense that it, it at least connects the dots. Okay, you can like it or not, and I'm, it's, it's not a hill I'm going to die on by any stretch of the imagination. But, I mean, for at least NXT, you connect the dots. And that's really all I ask, okay? I'm not even a Dexter Loomis fan, but I want to see what happens next week. Or what, you know... I'll the, be the fucking... I'll, I'll die on that hill. Like, I'll be a Japanese soldier, and you can plant the flag of Iwo Jima right through my fucking chest. This segment sucks. He's heating up! All right, he's then. right. Nah, he's right. Okay, now look, it's it, it's hard to be right with uh, two guys saying that they're wrong, but it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, there was a Finn Balor carrying cross, uh, like promo vignette. segment because yeah, vignette because Rogue. there's a match that's coming up next week where they're fighting for the belt. Paul Heyman says during this thing that Roman Reigns will be watching it. Do you think that's anything, or do you think that's a red herring, Zach? I think it's just a way to put those guys over. I think it's just Paul Heyman being Paul Heyman and uh, liking those guys and putting them over. Like, I mean, I'm sure like Roman's interested in the product. I don't necessarily think that Karrion Cross is going to come up and challenge Roman and take the title right away, but he does plant that seed, and I- that's why... He's so good, and he he normally does the spoilers, not predictions, and he called it too close to call, and he sold me on this match more than anybody else. I do want to say this because I forgot to say it during the three count, but Paul Heyman is just as much to blame for that mass transit incident as New Jack because New Jack was supposed to fight somebody else who – was out because of family issues and then he put this new guy in there with New Jack and New Jack said New Jack says that he said to Heyman they'll be talking about this in 10 years and New Jack said oh, well, made sure of that. we're also talking about it in 20 years um, I agree with Zach I think that's Heyman just doing Heyman stuff just making sure that everybody knows that uh, this is a serious deal trying to put over Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross. I fully expect Karrion Cross to retain agreed no it, I, it's what you should do you know NXT is kind of looked at it either the third brand or developmental depending on who you are 
When oh, on Paul this ha- podcast, it's the one brand. <laughs> I mean, it is. No, I was just going to say it's, it's the one brand on the WWE side. Well, when we talk pa- about NXT before we talk about anything oh, yeah, else, sure, WWE, sure. and including takeovers. Main roster. I'll say this. When, when Paul Heyman speaks, when he came up, I was like, what the fuck? Paul Heyman's on the NXT promo. So it immediately caught my attention. From that point... All I heard was it was too close to call. Okay, fair enough. You did what you were supposed to do. As somebody that watches the WWE product, at least Raw and SmackDown regularly, NXT regularly, when I see Paul Heyman on NXT programming, that to me at least captures my attention. And from that point, he said it's two minutes, and we moved on. There's nothing wrong with that. It did what it was supposed to do. It got both brands over. The guaranteed good segment of NXT every single week is Cameron Grimes. And we get Cameron Grimes versus Jake Atlas, who's probably a little underused. DiBiase shows up. I can't say enough about this stuff. This stuff, I love it every single week and it's because i love cameron grimes so much jason (laughs) if there is something okay you want to get on me about leon ruff last week if there is something that i'm willing to take the fall for every week moving forward this is that fucking segment i didn't even like the fact that there was even a cameron grimes ted dibiase relationship or you know an you know, analogy, whatever you want to sure. call it. Now, this motherfucker is has a life of its own. I don't even want Cameron, rules. I don't even want Cameron Grimes to have matches. I want to see what he and Ted DiBiase do moving forward to where now ultimately you'll have something at a, a takeover or whatever the case may be. Maybe they'll have a match. They probably won't, but you'll have a Ted DiBiase. Now, like a surrogate. Yeah. You know, and that'll be like somebody, a Bobby Lashley for Donald Trump. That'll or be somebody new yeah. they can introduce into NXT, somebody they want to you bring know, Virgil into. or something. Something like that. <laughs> but ultimately, I, I said it. Oh, many, many times. I hated it then. Now, between that, I can't even believe I'm getting ready to say this on air. That and the Dexter Loomis segments are the two non-in-ring segments I look forward to every day. You're a nerd. Um, Zach, what do you think? I mean, I just like to take my electric toothbrush and massage my taint while listening to Cameron Graham's intro music. That's how much I like him. Do, do yourself do yourself a favor. Just go on Spotify and just you know put it on your uh, your like songs you know list or whatever. So they're doing a Pete Dunn thing now, where Pete Dunn is they're clearly building him towards something big. Like he is talking about how he wants the belt. He's talking about how he's the best technical wrestler in the promotion. I guess what I'm thinking is, is this moving towards Pete Dunn versus Karrion Cross, or is this moving towards Pete Dunn versus Daniel Bryan? Mm. Zach. Yeah, go ahead first. Let me think about this. I hadn't even thought about that until you said it. I mean, it's kind of a genius play if that's the case. I mean, my God, like, I, if... Daniel Bryan's not going to do the things that I had expounded on about him being like, you know, the ultimate free agent. I sure. Mean, you, you can do a lot worse 
than a feud with fucking Pete Dunne. Uh, I just love how matter-of-fact Pete is in his promos, um, where he's just like, cruiserweight title, I already beat Kushida, as far as I'm concerned, that title's mine if I want it. Walter. Uh, NXT UK title, unfinished business, Walter. I could go back there and beat him right now. Yeah, I could go back there and do that. Uh, You know, he's just like, all matter-of-fact, and he's like, but he's like, you know, maybe I'll chase uh, the main brand title. He's like, I don't know. I just do whatever the fuck I want. Pete Dunne versus Daniel Bryan is... That's that that's a that's a match that has some uh, that's got some juice on it. Well, obviously it does because I mean you you would have two of the arguably top five you know technical wrestlers in the game I mean, in the world. I mean I'm not talking to, you know we're not even talking you know promotion lines. I mean if I had control of the wrestling world and I can have, you know, a, a, a bunch of dream matches, this could be a, an obviously a dream match. Now, that said, I like the fact that you don't have Pete Dunne necessarily calling out names, but he called out the title. At some point, he wants to wrestle for the NXT title. He has all these other great matches, you know, which we've already talked about, and obviously fantastic, whatever the case may be. To me, that promo was like a boxing promo. You know, I, I beat this guy, I beat that guy, or MMA, whatever, you know, your combat sport of choice should be or is. To me, it was kind of like, you know, I can do, I did this, I've done that. You know, I've already beat that guy, I can do beat that guy. Pete Dunne, at some point, I think, I think they're kind of like delaying this to see if Daniel Bryan resigns. Or if he gores on that Tor uh, Cody that we talked about, you know, last week or whatever the case may be. To me, and I think we all kind of agree with this, probably the best match until Pete Dunne goes after a title would be Daniel Bryan versus Pete Dunne. From there... You've at least set Pete Dunne up to where he can go multiple ways. Well, that's a match that would get everybody excited. It's it's just... Everybody in our world. Well, yeah, because I was getting ready to say, it's not for the promo guys. It's for the smarts, the technical... Can you imagine if they gave those guys 30 minutes? It's it's on, and it could be obviously a match of the year candidate. Uh, Killian Dane versus Alexander Wolf. Imperium turns on Alexander Wolf at the end of this match... I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Are they trying to put back together sanity or what? No, I mean, Alexander Wolf got fired the next day. So He did get fired, and that was I think that was part of the reason why they went with, well, I want to say part Alexander of Wolf got released? Yes. Breaking news. Yep. I did not know that. <laughs> and at the, go ahead, Tubier. Finish your thought, and I'm going to piggyback on it. Oh, you know, that's all. It's just that kind of wonder if, like, Okay. Whenever they told him the angle, he obviously hadn't been released yet. So they're like, hey, you're going to like feud with these guys now. And then they just fired him the next day. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, we're just going to beat you down. Um, he was like, oh, okay. Well, let's, let's, let's use this time to talk about the other. My thought is that they, they had that little tease on like who could be the next Imperium, you know, candidate. And we always kind of talk, talked about uh, Timothy Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and go into well, that, and then I'm going to say who I think could be the possible 
replacement. So who else got released? Alexander Wolf got released. Vanessa Bourne got released. Uh, Velveteen Dream, Dream is, released, is, is the, the big, big one. one. Um, there, I mean, I Tyler can't. Story, who's Brandy Lauren? Brandy I mean, Lauren. She's been around since I cannot, October. Like she wasn't even on TV yet. I cannot I mean, wait. I have no idea. Have we I, talked about Velveteen Dream yet? Yet? I didn't think so. No. Okay. I can't so, wait till the dark side of the ring about Velveteen Dream in season eighteen. I'll just say this. Oh, shit. I just rhymed. (laughs) I'm like Max Caster. (laughs) Can't wait for the Dark Side of the Ring about Velveteen Dream in 2018. Okay. I was about to say, Tony Khan, hit your boy up. Uh, I'll just say this. Find me, Tony. Velveteen Dream. Turn Orange Cassidy into a tangerine. (laughs) I was about to say, I'm just just going to be the hype man at this point. I'll just say this. Velveteen Dream, and I think we kind of talked about this, especially during the pandemic era when we were going back and watching old uh, NXT matches. I think he's a great worker. I think the crowd has a certain charisma behind him. All that said, to me, this is kind of New Jack-ish or just basically New Jack. Who he is in the ring is one thing. Who he is outside of the ring is probably something totally different. Nah, I'm a little surprised. No, it's got nothing to do with it's. It's no. There's no similarities between Velveteen Dream and New Jack. Velveteen Dream was soliciting minors online, and uh, I mean, when you're as big as WWE or NXT or whatever, you're doing a cost benefit analysis. Is it worth it? for us to have this guy around considering what he's being accused of or Matt Riddle or fucking whoever else. What are you counting? I'm counting months. Okay. So he was not on TV since December, January, February, March, April, May, five months. Okay. So it's not like WWE doesn't have the resources to kind of dig in, to kind of figure out what's happening. Or okay. maybe they did. Okay. And, and they then, said, fuck okay, this so guy. In five months? So you're going to tell me in five months they can figure out what happened and then he couldn't have a cost analysis fucking discussion or about. Or it's just not worth it to them to keep him around. Then why not? He's do not going to make them enough money. They have enough why guys. why not do it in December, January, February, I mean, whatever the case may be? It's not like. Who the fuck knows? Okay. Okay. It's not like two beers said it multiple times. It's not like they're not making money. Number one, and number two, more importantly, a lot of these people, especially at least on the NXT side, have a thirty-day, you know, non-compete clause. So basically, for a month, WWE pays your ass not to do anything, stay off TV. I kind of have a feeling that we're never going to see Velveteen Dream again. That's a gut feeling. Uh- not on national television wrestling, but maybe in a mugshot. Yes, I, I agree with Zach. I mean, I really do. I mean, I we might haven't seen the to... uh, yearly, you know, cheerleader car wash here at uh, the local high school. See, you ain't shit. I was taking that... a drink of beer, but that's fucking really funny. I would have laughed if I wasn't taking a drink of beer. I'll say this much. Tessa, has, Tessa I mean, Blanchard has a <laughs> <laughs> Tessa Blanchard hasn't gotten signed 
and there's something to be said about that. So if we're, if we're going to what go, was her deal? She said the N word. She had said the N word, and basically, you know, she's also hard to deal with. Is is yeah. she has a uh, evil? You know, kind of a by Zach saying that, he's implying that saying the N word doesn't mean somebody's hard to deal with. It means it's, that he's down with it. Okay, it's, I was getting ready to say hard to deal with first. She said the N word. Uh, yeah, she's also hard to deal, deal with. with. <laughs> hard to deal with is the more important. God damn, Zach. Unbelievable. Uh, we had Legado del Fantasma versus Thatcher and Ciampa in what was my favorite match on NXT. What do you think, Zach? This is left out of my Hulu, so I didn't see it. To me, this was a number one contenders match, for lack of a better term. But then when GYV came out, it wasn't even number one contenders match anymore. So basically, when um, Grizzly Young Veterans came out and uh, had the interference, it basically sets up Gogalo uh, down Phantasma to, to get the win. Let's just Which call I- him LDF. It's so hard to say. LDF for gets us the win. Gringos. Well, not gringo, is, no. but you know, Americans. Yeah, <laughs> say gringos. There's a third gringo in here, or second gringo in Negros. here. Negros, ain't this a bit? That's what they say in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it, I don't. I wish they didn't even had this match because you already had the setup for this match when Grizzled Young Veterans lost to Champa and Thatcher. Now the fact that you had. Uh, Imperium kick out, um, Tim, oh, not Tim, Alexander with Alexander Wolf. It kind of leads more to which I even hate to say his name up to this point. Drake Maverick is back to where he's kind of being a not a central figure, but a nice little bridge to what could be. You know, a year ago we were talking about you know he's getting fired and all of a sudden he's making this cruiser rate run, and now a year later. We're, I'm, I'm at least laughing at him for the fact he's just like, nah, man, I know it's getting ready to happen. It, it, it's kind of like laughing at us smarts that, you know, we're waiting for the, the heel turn. He's waiting for the heel turn being uh, Dave, Drake Maverick, and he's just like, nah, man, no, nah, I'm, I'm just waiting. But then at the end, he's just like, celebrate. It was, it's a nice little economy, and I didn't know that uh, Alexander Wolf got fired until two days Bobby Fish comes out he calls out two guys Pete Dunn and Oni Lorcan um I would expect him to go over Oni Lorcan and then put over Pete Dunn right that sounds accurate yeah and right. Bobby Fish uh good promo you didn't realize it whenever Adam Cole's put, cutting promos for three years but uh he did a good job <laughs> Saray uh she beats Aaliyah in a pretty short match. Mercedes Martinez, that's all I'm going to say. When I see... Aaliyah still got a job. I mean, besides the nose job. Stop. I, <laughs> Jesus Christ. God damn, man. I was going to be serious and be like, you know, Mercedes Martinez should be a part of this. And now you're going to throw up no job. You didn't do Charlotte Flair like that. But um, uh, Hit Row. Okay. Hit Row... Okay. They have ascended my best of my favorite wrestlers uh, very quickly. Those guys are fucking cool. Those guys can. I like a faction. I like a faction. I like Swerve being a part, part of being, the, being, being the, the lead of the, the head faction. of a faction. Right. And already basically like, you know, I'm watching this main event. 
you know, I don't care who wins, but just know that, you know, Swerve's basically, as a baseball reference, Swerve's on deck. Whoever wins, just know that Swerve's watching this shit. I think Hit Row is ready for the main roster already. Uh, They go over Tony Nese and Arya Davari, who, sign of the cross, God bless him. Both those guys are fucking great. I remember Tony Nese going into... Like when I was watching 205 on the regular, he was like, you know, that 205 like champion, you know, they they built a whole fucking storyline behind him, the whole shebang. Like I said, I don't watch 205 like I watched it then, but I mean, damn, this, when I saw him come out last night, I was like, oh. Zach, man, was Hit damn. Row on your Hulu? Yeah, and they came across great. I love the old school, like, uh, Death Row vibe of like the music. Um, I thought that that was a play on the name like last week, but then they come out with like that female kind of vocalist, um, you know, kind of shit like on the, you know, all eyes on me kind of vibe, like that 1996, 1995, like Tupac era. Um, it was cool shit. Uh, and then we had Bronson Reed goes over Johnny Gargano and Bronson Reed is your new NXT North American champion. I felt Finally. like, they laid it on pretty thick about his wife being in the crowd, and they laid it on pretty thick, which made it seem like a foregone conclusion. But how'd you like that match? Probably, Zach? probably like the second best thing that happened to him this week after Drake Worth gets fired. Ooh, now come on, man! See, <laughs> come that on, man! A fucking nut job. Look, look. That That's fucking funny. <laughs> Just because that man was trying to make sure that his community is safe doesn't give you the excuse to call him a nut job. Zach, response? Drake Wirtz? Drake, no, Drake Wirtz was the one that was like fucking... The referee. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a total whack job. Like, dude, like, Bronson Reed is like uh, one of the guys that was like calling out NXT roster for going out and partying and shit whenever like they're supposed to be like all locked down and stuff because like he's from New Zealand where like they handled it like super well um yeah that's great work I can't believe I can't I can't believe I can't believe that Bronson Reed got that big on that island like there can't be that much to eat right (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say you big like that you find something I did like the match um typical kind of cage match from WWE where there's a ton of interference though uh, but he did overcome it and I love that he had the opportunity to walk out of the cage but he decided to slam the door and then climb the ropes and do the big splash again and I also love the artwork like whoever put together that package with like the comic book artwork of, of Johnny and Bronson like that was real deal good shit very comic bookish and as a a, a huge comic book guy. I love that shit. I'll give. I'll give you that. I like Bronson Reed, Johnny no, Gargano. I mean, what what more can be said about Johnny Gargano at this okay. point, especially on the NXT level? I mean, at this point, it's either he never goes up, and he's just going to be the gatekeeper at some form or fashion from this point on moving forward on the NXT level or he goes up and then, you know, you, you probably roll the dice to see what happens. But to me, ultimately, the, the cage served its purpose. That's the whole reason why Bronson Reed won this cage match is to keep 
Austin Theory at bay. Yeah, granted, Austin Theory, you know, tried to open the door, tried to, you know, climb up the cage or whatever, but that was more so to add to Bronson Reed's baby face, you know, moment in this scenario. You know, all credit due to Bronson Reed. Yeah, 14 years in the game, now you're the NXT champion. So, yeah, I, you know, I ain't mad at the man that he's going to boo-hoo for that shit, and, you know, you're going to prop it up for that. You know, by all means, knock yourself out. He's I'll just go up to the main roster and then he'll get sent back down to learn how to work. No, see, stop. I like Keith Lee. No, see, okay. I, I get that Keith Lee is MIA, but I'll just say this. Supposedly, and take it for what it's worth, this is not going to be, you know, I'm quoting somebody that said this, but supposedly Keith Lee, when he. If he got COVID, I'll go. I'll I'll start to you know cover my ass. If he got COVID, the reason why he hasn't been on TV is because he hasn't recovered from COVID very well. It's not like you know all of a sudden he forgot to wrestle or you couldn't train him to wrestle a different way. Well, no, Vince did send him back down though. No, like, no, no. I'm not dis- special classes. No, I'm but not yeah, disagreeing like, with that. If that's but the case, now, then okay. Just on the the fact that we're talking about, you know, Sheamus is a great example. I mean, he's throwing these open challenges out, and then here comes, you know, Umberto Carrillo. Sheamus fucking rules, though. Like, Sheamus has been on fire. Without question. Without question. I didn't like RKO Bro, and I said it on Twitter the other night. I didn't like RKO bro off the jump. We got me on tape with saying this when Matt Riddle came out and was singing the Randy Orton song behind him. I openly laughed and that's why I was like, okay, you and got he me. shoves Xavier Woods. Yeah, so maybe you we're- got me. You have me now at this point, this is something that I didn't think I would see the possible, you know, flip of, Matt Riddle being healed. Either you die a hero or you live long enough enough to be the villain. No, I was going to say, or you live long enough to be in the tag team with Matt Riddle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Why isn't Pat McAfee a heel on, on commentary? I think he is. No, no, I totally think he is. He's not. I totally think, I think he is the heel commentator on SmackDown. He is. No, he's not. Yeah. he, He, he he keeps it. No, he this keeps is bad it. Pod. No, he break, keeps break, it clean. Break the tie, Zach. Yeah, break the tie. I don't think he's a heel enough. Thank you. You don't think he's a heel enough. So you're saying that there's heel ish qualities. It's not like he's yeah. totally. It's not like he. No, okay. Look, I'll get. Look, I'll give you the credit for this one. You can win this battle, but I'm not saying I'm that far off. You see what I'm talking about, correct? You talking to me? Yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, like, I just feel like he kind of vacillates between, and I'd rather, like, Nigel McGinnis is very much the can, commentator. Energy. There you go. And it's almost, like, annoying because he kind of overdoes it, uh, like, to where, like, and, and I get that heels don't make, like, logical sense, and that's kind of the point, but, like, he's a, a, a fun character. Not Nigel McGinnis. Uh, what's his name? Wade Barrett, the other, like, European guy. I think Wade Barrett's uh, Wade great. Barrett. Yeah, but then I, I think in this scenario, yeah. he's he's but a clear. Pat, Pat McAfee entered NXT as this massive fucking heel, this great fucking heel, and then they put him on SmackDown. He's kind of a 
He's kind yeah, of a tweener. Yeah. He's like talking about how great it is that Dominic and Ray are both tag team champions. He should is be it, fucking it, making it, fun of them. Okay, is for thirty seconds. Is that not a decent story? Can we not? Of course okay. it is. What would Bobby okay. Heenan say about it? It would absolutely, absolutely suck. I what would that. Bobby Heenan say about it? It would absolutely That's suck. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking oh, for man. Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Fair. No, that's fair. And the last thing. I, this is I just rewatched the first side. episode of Raw where Bobby Heenan is like locked out of the building and they have the worst heel commentator oh. I've ever fucking heard in my life. I can't even remember his name. He's like a comedian. It's like Macho Man, Vince, and then this fucking shock jock. Nerd, Dennis Miller? Who's fucking. Bubba the Love Sponge? No. no. Look at Close, you. Though. Look Close. at Jesus. Like, we're we going to keep digging the week till we get a name. In, uh, that, in that vein, a no name guy, though. Like, and uh, he was terrible. Bobby Heenan is like dressing as a woman trying to get into the fucking. Right. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. Okay, so. It was awesome. So, Adam Van. What's his name again? Jesus, this guy that's on baseball that should be doing baseball that's doing play Adnan right. Burke. Okay, is he really that bad? I don't think he's that bad. No, nah, he's think fine. He's, he's I fine. just think he's just out of his league. I just, I just think he's it's going to take him some time to get used to it. Like we're used to fucking Michael Cole and Tom Phillips and Mick Joe and Vic Joseph guys who have like cut their teeth doing it. Like he's a baseball guy that's doing wrestling. I, they'll I, make him bad. I, Even if he isn't bad, they'll make him bad. I got to think that when he was watching that zombie thing, like that I was listening, I was listening to him be like, Damn. he was like, man, what decision did I make? Like, Oh, we moved I to hope a safer ground. I'm like, dude, there's no safer ground. There's zombies everywhere. One last thing we got to talk about before we're out of here is Will Ospreay had to vacate the NJPW belt um, due to a broken or a a neck injury i believe yeah it was a, what I it saw was a neck in, uh, injury what are they gonna do first things first i mean you know speedy recovered to rest will osprey i saw this of on, on twitter and this sounds like to me the at least you know if we fancy book it the best idea i can think of off the top of my head we proceed on as we go go forth, but the G1, because it is the Super Bowl of New Japan, the winner of the G1 is the winner of the New Japan Championship. To me, that's the only way I can possibly think of. I was thinking the exact same thing, and I think that would be fucking badass. To where now... You can still... And Daniel Bryan is the new New Japan heavyweight champion. Okay, see. I was going to say Sabre Jr. I was going to go with Andre. <laughs> <laughs> but that's... Okay, but that to me is, I no, think, I, the best way okay. you can go about so it. So if you had to put money on it right now, Zach, I'll let you go first. Yeah. Who do you think will be the next NJPW world heavyweight champion? If what? I was putting money on it, I would say Abushi. That would be my that that's my guess too. So you saw me word it, and that's why I would. I Who are you saying, this. Okada? Yeah, of course, because I mean, to me at least, it sets up to be Okada again. If you wanted to do Abushi as a redemption story, it comes back to being you know for full circle. So be it. They were going with Okado Osprey. It had been hard for me to to pick up Osprey at that point. Sorry, not sorry. 
I'm ready for the G1. No shit. This is banned from ringside. Hey, everybody. We got some birthdays this week. Uh, Road Dog Jesse James is 52. Occam. You remember him? Uh, yes, he's I do. 28. Uh, did he invent the razor? He did. Uh, Benoit would have been 54. And you know what? I was thinking about this today. When I was thinking about how hard I was going to be on New Jack, I was like, was I this hard on Benoit, too? It's like, yeah, fuck Benoit. Yes, I was also this hard on Benoit. Fuck Benoit. Happy 54th birthday, you poor bastard. Abushi, the aforementioned, is 39. Brian Pillman would have been 59. RIP Daniel Bryan. The other aforementioned is 40. Happy birthday, Daniel That's Bryan. It. He's you only son- fucking 40 years old. He is 40. Jesus Joe Coffey is 33. Alex Shelley is 38. <laughs> Where the fuck is Alex Shelley? Bray Wyatt is 34. Alberto Del Rio. Enjoy prison, you motherfucker, is 44. <laughs> Roman Reigns is 36. And Bo Dallas is 31. He's banging Liv Morgan on a ransom somewhere. Whoa, what? Whoa, 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 hey, whoa, everybody, whoa, whoa, We know there's tons of podcasts. Listen <laughs> to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours. For Vice. Check. For Tender Mahal. For Murray Double the Murray check. Man Murray. For check. Lucha Chris. Check. For F&B Eatery. Eatery. R.I.P. R.I.P. Check. For Two Beer Zach Pullman. For Jason Cornelius Bell. I am saying. Double check. Support your local restaurants. Support check. your local weed dealers. Triple check. Black lives fucking matter. I, I am Bill Vegan. Everybody Double else. Double check on Bill Vegan. Boo the heat. Boo.